Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. So uh, this morning, I want to speak about the importance of active listening and active speaking. Someone say speaking. speaking. And someone say listening. listening. See, that was the test. You passed it. And so the thing is, maybe some of us here are really good at being vocal. I know Brother Fino is very good at that. He's great at being vocal. So if you're watching, I can know I can hear you from all the way over here in, in Albuquerque. Uh, but maybe we're really good at being vocal, but we have a hard time listening to what's around us. Uh, But on the other hand, perhaps we are the most studious of listeners, but we struggle when it comes to speaking up for ourselves. And there could finally be a case where you're striving to maintain the balance between both of those two important skills. And so I want to get into the word today. Uh, The title of my message is uh, A Mouth to Speak and Ear to Hear. If you're taking notes, it's also on the Bible app and on the screens in just a few moments. Uh, But I want to get into the word where I believe scripture shows not only a great example of both speaking with and listening to the Lord, but a great example of speaking and listening to others. And so if you uh, have your Bibles, you have your devices, um, we're going to be in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 3. I'll give you guys just a few moments to get there here. It's also going to be on the monitors as well. And so I'm reading out the English Standard Version here, so it may look a little different from uh, the versions that you may have, but all in all, it's uh, the same Word of God. Unless you got it at the Dollar Tree. That's the, the Rick, that's the Rick James Bible, not the King James Bible. Don't get your Bible at the Dollar Tree. got to be careful where you get it. Amen. We're going to do Bible checks on the way out. But amen. So book of Samuel, chapter three, we're going to read the entire chapter here. Uh, this is going to lay the, uh, the foundation for what we're talking about today. And so verse one says, now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, lie down again. So he went and lay down. Verse 6 here says, or yeah, verse 6, And the Lord called again Samuel, and Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. Someone say third time. And he rose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant here. Someone say, speak, Lord. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And then the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I am about to do a thing in Israel, at which the two ears of everyone will hear 
will, it will tingle. On that day, I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. And I declare to him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel laid until the morning. Then he opened the doors of the house and Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he said, here I am. And Eli said, what is it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. Verse 18 says, so Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again at Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. So thank you guys for uh, staying connected here for these uh, 21 verses here in Samuel 3. And so let's go ahead and break it down here. So... In this chapter of 1 Samuel, we see a young Samuel, to give some context here, could have been no more than 12 years old. Um, and he begins to hear the voice of the Lord for the very first time. And so Samuel was in the middle of ministering to the Lord, as it says here in verse 1. And what that means is that he was ministering to the Lord by his servanthood with the priest Eli. That's how he ministered to the Lord is with his service. Um, it's in this place that the Lord chose to speak to Samuel, and that's in the tabernacle where the Ark of the Covenant was. And so the first thing we must recognize here in this chapter is that Samuel was prepared. Someone say prepared. prepared. You see, the Lord met and spoke to Samuel in the tabernacle where that Ark of the Covenant was. And although Samuel did not recognize the voice of the Lord initially, he was in a place to hear from him as he served him during his ministry. Uh, Samuel was prepared for this time and moment as he encountered the Lord. Um, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines the word prepare as to make ready beforehand for some purpose, use, or activity, or to put into a proper state of mind. Sometimes we see these words and it's like you have a loose understanding of it, more or less know what it means. But when we bring the definition out, it brings more and more understanding of where Samuel was as he uh, heard from the Lord. So we must understand that it was God-ordained that Samuel was in this place. Uh, we're going to be going back to 1 Samuel, the first chapter. And, you know, up until this point, we see how a way was prepared for Samuel to even be here through his mother, Hannah. Um, in chapter 1, Hannah spent years barren and pleaded the Lord for a son as Elkaniah's other wife, Panina, would endlessly taunt her with the sons that she was able to have. I mean, that's dirty. That's just completely, completely just horrible. But after those years of petitions of the Lord, the Lord met her petition and gave her the ability to have Samuel, who Hannah named as such because the Lord has given him to me. That's what Samuel means. The Lord has given to me. In spite of the actions of the priests, Eli's sons and their wickedness shown while serving as priests of the Lord in chapter 2, Samuel continued to be prepared to the Lord through his ministry with the priest Eli. And so we're going to talk a little bit about chapter 1 in a few moments here. But continuing to look at chapter 3, the first two times Samuel heard his name, he responded and acknowledged the voice he heard, thinking it was Eli calling him. Uh, but Samuel did not know the voice of the Lord yet at this time, but he knew and responded to the voice of authority in his life. 
You see, it was his obedience in assisting Eli and listening to instruction that made him susceptible to the voice of authority. So Samuel was prepared for this moment even without realizing it. Um, he knew to respond immediately once he heard the voice of the Lord. Although Samuel grew up in the house of the Lord, he, it wasn't simply the matter of him serving in the house that gave him the ability to hear from the Lord. Sometimes you think, all right, you know, someone grows up in church, then surely they must know the Lord. Um, you see, it flowed out of who Samuel was as a person, his characteristics. That made him godly, but he did not know God. So that's important to establish here. It's not that because he served in the house that he, only he could speak, hear from the Lord. It's because he postured himself. He attuned himself so that way when the time came, he was ready to hear from the voice of the Lord. Samuel made room for the voice of the Lord to speak into his life. So continue on, though, as we hear um, Samuel's name called the third time by the voice of the Lord. Eli recognized when he came to him that Samuel was hearing from the Lord and gave him instruction on exactly what to say if he was going to hear the voice of the Lord again. And so when that time came, Samuel had focused on this word. He had meditated on the instruction that was given to him. And as we continue right here in verse, let me go ahead and get that set up right here. And so in verse 10, that's where Samuel says, speak for your servant hears. He says it exactly as it was instructed to him by the, the priest Eli. And so it was Samuel's preparation and his active listening. So I'm going to say listening. See, I'm going to test you guys here if you're doing this active listening right now. If not, by the time we're done here, I hope that we've uh, established our listening skills here. And you're going to see more about that, why I'm saying that. And so it was his preparation and active listening in the moment that needed it, that unlocked the prophecy of the Lord and the judgment that was going to fall on the house of Eli. You see, when we prepare a place to actively listen to the Lord, it's there that the Lord can speak into our lives and the Holy Spirit can empower us and can rest on where we are. You see, it's in these moments where we prepare for the Lord that we can apply this same act of listening Samuel demonstrated as we hear the voice of the Lord, not only as we meet him, but as also as he speaks through this very word right here that he has given us. You see, we have these moments here in the house where earlier uh, Sister Bloom, our prophet, and some others even in the past have led us in praying scripture and repeating back that scripture to the Lord. It's in this that we, this revelation that the voice of the Lord is spoken over us. We must realize that we are to prepare ourselves to meet with the Lord, not only publicly, but privately as well. And so what we can learn also from these moments here in 1 Samuel chapter 1 and 3 is that importance of preparing a place to listen to others around us. And so this is a plug here for the course me and Desiree are teaching, Emotionally Healthy Discipleships. And so we just finished up the pilot of that, um, the second part of Emotionally Healthy Relationships. And one of the skills that we spent time learning about was incarnational listening. And what that is, is the ability to listen in a way where we step out of our world, someone say our world, and step into the world of someone else's thoughts and emotions. You see, here in 1 Samuel chapter 1, we're going to go back there, uh, verses 7 through 8, we see where incarnational listening could have been an opportunity for Hannah's husband, Elkaniah, to enter into her world. And so we're going to get into 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 7. And so it says right here, year after year, it was the same. Penina would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle. Each time, Hannah would be reduced, reduced to tears and would not even eat. Why are you crying, Hannah? Elkanai would ask. Why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than having 10 sons? 
Husbands can kind of uh, say amen to this place. How many know sometimes we misread the situation? And then a wife walks away and it's like, what did I say? What did I do? So Elk and I had one of those moments. So married men say amen. You're saying it reluctantly because some of you probably said something like that recently. Your wife's still kind of mad at you. And you're just trying to say it softly. Amen. So that we don't get in more trouble. But so here's the thing, though. What we do see here is that initial concern. So Elkanah loved his, his wife, Hannah. He, he, cared, he showed concern for his wife's weeping. But we also do see that this gets turned sideways as Elkaniah was unable to be sensitive to the needs of Hannah and her deep-rooted desire to be a mother. And this could have been the place he could have prepared as a safe place to listen to her and for her to speak. It's an incarnational listening where we step into the world of others around us and we unlock deeper relationships with those around us. We are to practice the presence of God in the presence of people. And we follow Jesus' commandment as it says in Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 39. And this is out of the New Living Translation. 36 says, Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And verse 39 says, a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. So we're called to love God. Someone say love God. God. And we're called to love others. Say love others. others. So love God, love others. That's what Jesus has called us to do today. And so I want to share more about this incarnation of listening, why it's such a valuable tool for us here today. You see, it's in this listening that we are able to show God's love to those around us by deeply listening to those around us and preparing a place for others to have those kind of conversations with us. Proverbs 17, 27 reads, a truly wise person uses few words. A person with understanding is even tempered. And James 1, 19 also says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to get angry. And so when the priest Eli, back in chapter 1, encountered Hannah in the tabernacle, he had this revelation to hear. And rather than trying to fix Hannah like her husband did, he listened and offered a simple encouragement in 1 Samuel 1.17. And that says, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. You see, there's often times where we respond to someone venting or sharing their heart with us and immediately feel... Uh, it's our responsibility to provide some sort of revelatory word or some profound advice. Maybe we feel uncomfortable and we feel like we have to say something. Uh, but we must recognize, and only in order to be truly incarnational listeners, we must recognize that oftentimes the greatest way we show God's presence in our lives is simply by our ability to listen. Someone say, listen. And so the second thing here that we want to notice, the second theme we want to notice in 1 Samuel 3 and 1 is uh, the ability to profess. Someone say profess. So returning to uh, 1 Samuel 3, we also see the importance of Samuel's voice in this moment. As the Lord spoke Samuel's name, God spoke his name multiple times. And each time that he did, Samuel not only heard the voice of the Lord, but he acknowledged the voice by saying, here I am, for you called me. Samuel engaged the voice of authority that he heard. And the third time he engaged that voice, the presence of the Lord came before him in the tabernacle and the Lord brought forth his prophecy. 
You see, when we prepare a place for the Lord, a place in his house and in, in our homes, the Lord will come to meet us as his children. And we must profess our thoughts to him to engage the Lord, either vocally or even silently, but simply by posturing ourselves for him. The meaning of the word profess is this. It's to declare or admit openly or freely. And so we're going to keep going back and forth right here because there's so many parallels here between these two chapters. And so going back to 1 Samuel 1, uh, verses 10 through 11, we see Hannah in the midst of that barren season that I mentioned earlier and all the anguish and distress that it's caused her. And so what's important to realize here is that Hannah didn't internalize or bottle up everything that she was feeling, even where she, she did not have that audience with her husband. Hannah professed everything she was feeling to the Lord. Um, in 1 Samuel 1.10, um, the English Standard Version says that she was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. Uh, the New Living Translation says that Hannah was in deep anguish. Um, this word anguish, which means extreme pain, distress, or anxiety. And the Message Bible says this, crushed in soul, Hannah prayed to God and cried and cried inconsolably. So here is where God reminds us that our voice matters to him and to others. Someone say, my voice matters. My voice matters. You see, there's some of us right here that can relate to what Hannah was feeling in this moment. Um, you know, struggling in a season in your life where that wasn't over quickly, or maybe it's a season of your life that you're still facing right now. You can relate to where someone close to you, you um, that you shared with uh, told you just not to, to feel what you're feeling or just, just to you know, focus on something else, change your mind about it. I'm here to tell you and remind you that your voice does matter and to truly believe that the Lord is saying that your voice matters to him. So some of you may not have believed it the first time around, so I'm going to have you say it one more time. Some say, my voice matters. My voice matters. And believe that. And if you're still struggling to believe that, take note of how Hannah continued to profess what was on her heart. You see, Hannah not only professed her emotions and feelings to the Lord vocally, but she also professed them in her silence as well. Uh, continue on in chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. It shows where the priest Eli was noticing Hannah's posture to the Lord in the tabernacle and how her, only her lips moved and her voice was not heard. So we can look at prayer here in the house. This was demonstrated to us earlier in our service today. And there are many times that we see that it's a vocal act of uh, engaging the Lord. But Isaiah 65, 24 reminds us of something very important as the Lord speaks. Before they call, I will answer. While they are not yet speaking, I will hear. And so as some of us are here are working to let, that Lord, let the Lord build that kind of confidence in the voice that he's given us, remember that even as we simply posture ourselves to the Lord and prepare the place for the Lord, God is there listening and speaking to us. Show up for the Lord with your presence and he'll show up for you with his presence. Can someone say amen? amen. And so one last thing that Hannah did here was profess what was on her heart to someone that she knew was the right audience for it. And that was the priest Eli. And so initially, Eli took Hannah's prayers to the Lord as drunkenness. Hannah clarified on where she was at at this point in her life in four different ways. Uh, with respect, someone say respect. In honesty, someone say honesty. Uh, clearly, say clearly. And timely. You see, because Hannah spoke in these four ways, Eli was able to offer this encouragement that although it was simple in of itself, it turned out to be a word from the Lord that would lift her spirits in that moment. And it would also fulfill the desire of her heart. 
And so it was an answer to prayer and made a way for her to give birth to Samuel. And so as we profess, profess the things that are on our hearts to others, we must not only speak with the right audience, but we must speak in these four ways to deepen our connections with others. We have to speak with respect. We have to speak in honesty, clearly and timely. There's oftentimes that we share what's on our heart and we come in the wrong tone. We're not ready to talk about it, but we feel pressured into speaking that way and we end up making things worse and we fail to create an opportunity for others to listen to us. Sometimes we're not doing it at the right time. Sometimes we're trying to have a conversation with someone where they're not in the place to fully hear us. We have one ear out and the other ear is focused on what they're doing. So we have to do this in the right time. We have to speak clearly and honestly. If you're going to have a place with someone, if you're going to deepen your connection with someone and someone, you want someone to be available to you, you have to give them completely what's going on in your life so that way they can be there for you and they can listen to you the way that you need to be heard. And so Sam also exemplified this back in chapter three, after hearing the prophecy of the Lord and coming face to face with the priest Eli. So Eli is very pivotal in both of these chapters here. Um, you see, leading up to this moment, after hearing that judgment for the Lord, Samuel had laid in bed that night after hearing that heavy word. And in Bible says in verses 15 through 17, that he was afraid to tell Eli what the Lord had said to him. You see, many times we're afraid to share what's really on our hearts, especially when it's something that others may be surprised to hear or it's about them. Uh, we're afraid of what their response is going to be. And so Samuel must have felt that way even more so because Eli says to him right over here and let's see, what verse is it? Oh, yeah, verse 17, um, 317, he says, And may God strike you and even kill you if you hide anything from me. So think if someone told you that you're trying to confide in someone. I talked to Josh. He's like, you better tell me the whole truth or I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to walk around my toes. I'm just going to, going to, I'm going to stand up there. I'm going to have him stand below me. I'm going to put up a wall. So and, and even in that, Simon was just, just felt even more nervous. But in midst of all that, this young boy, this 12-year-old boy, he speaks with respect. He speaks in honesty, clearly, and timely the judgment of the Lord. And it's because of his obedience uh, that he becomes established as a prophet of the Lord over his time. The Lord continues to operate and show up in his life. You see, these moments of sharing with others are steps towards something better. And each time that you do, the Lord remains with you just as he remained with Samuel. And so as I close today, let us recognize the power of both listening and speaking, with preparing and professing. It was by preparation that Samuel's ears were attuned to the voice of the Lord, and he was able to take his first steps towards his God-given calling, and that the Lord met Hannah's petition for a child of her own. Where one failed to play, prepare a place to hear that with her husband Elkaniah, another did prepare that place to listen to Hannah and was able to be a voice in delivering the word of the Lord. And it was also by professing that Samuel's voice was able to be recognized by the Lord and the high priest Eli. And it was by his voice that he was able to make a way for God for the rest of his life. And also in Hannah's vocal and silent profession, it also shows that God hears us both in our times of prayer and our times of posture. So let's walk out today knowing the importance of showing up for God publicly and privately and showing up for others in our lives. Can somebody say amen. 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 So let's go ahead and stand up here this morning.